What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another quick solo episode here on the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. Uh, This one is going to be pretty quick, and uh, this is almost going to be like a PSA to the investors out there that are growing a portfolio uh, and really looking to scale a portfolio. So this is not the episode for you if you're looking to do deal number one or deal number two. But if you're looking to do deal seven, eight, nine, ten, um, you know you own 15, 20 doors, and you're looking to continue growing, I think that this is going to be a valuable episode for you. Um, and the message here is just very simple: just hire someone, just hire somebody, hire one person. <laughs> um, which sounds incredibly simplified, and I'm going to dive into it a little bit more, unpack that a little bit more, but. People don't realize, I shouldn't say people, but investors don't realize as they're scaling a portfolio that there's multiple kinds of leverage. You know, you can leverage your own capital via raising money from investors, via using debt, um, but you can also leverage your time. And that's honestly the more important resource that you need to be focusing on leveraging as you grow your business is leveraging your time. And that starts by just hiring one person. Just hire someone to take some stuff off your plate. Um... The reason that I'm really you know, passionate about this or that I'm making an episode on this is that my business really started to explode when I just started bringing people into it. Like when I just started giving people some level of responsibility in my business. Um, and when I say explode, I mean going from call it four or five deals a year, you know, portfolio that hovered around 20, 30 units, 35, 40 units to hundreds of units. Um, and it was just hiring people to just do some very basic stuff. And there's all of the reasons to do that that we're probably all sick of hearing on podcasts, which is you get your time back, you know, you outsource the stuff that is below your dollar per hour rate, and then you get to focus more of your time on the higher dollar per, dollar per hour stuff, excuse me, and naturally you make more money. Obviously, yeah, that's the that's the reason you do this, right? Um, and it's that's like step one in analyzing this decision, and that all is applicable and all very true. And I'm not going to just spend time on that because I think it's a very simplistic takeaway. And I think many people intuitively understand that, but what I'm going to talk about is the limiting belief stuff and, you know, some of the more non-quantifiable reasons to do that. Uh, And when I say do that, I mean, hire somebody. The first thing is that it's less expensive than you think. Um, You can hire somebody part-time from onlinejobs.ph, a virtual assistant for five to six bucks an hour, 20 hours a week. You know, that's um, four to $500 a month. Uh, that's not that much. Like that just isn't right. And if it is that much, then I think you really need to recalibrate your mindset from an abundance standpoint. Um, If you think about buying back 80 hours or, you know, 80 hours a month of your time, what can you do with that? And even if you pay for 80 hours back, but your VA is only, you know, producing a 30 to 30 to 40 hours of economic output, what can you do with 30 hours of your time that you're getting back? Probably a lot, right? And that's that simple analysis that I was just talking about, right? But but you really need to sit down and do this math to think about um, exactly what you're doing that you shouldn't be doing, and exactly where somebody can help you, and exactly what you know, and, and specifically where if somebody was helping you, um, how your business might look differently. And I always like to ask myself, what would this look like if it went well? You know, and then I also ask myself, what would it look like if it goes poorly? But oftentimes, if it goes poorly. Uh, there's significantly less downside risk than the upside gained if it goes well, right? Especially with an entry-level hire of like a virtual assistant or somebody that's just part-time where it's a low financial investment. Um, But what I really want to talk about here is what happens when you bring somebody into your business. Um, You know, the first thing that happens is you go from feeling like just 
you know, a solopreneur or just a real estate investor, right? I think, again, I, something I always talk about on the show is uh, real estate investors seem to forget that they're running businesses and they're not just investing in real estate. Like, unless, unless you're just a true passive investor, you're running a real estate business. That's what you're doing. You're finding investors or you're finding deals. Um, you know, you're, you're going out there and you're marketing yourself in the marketplace so that you find more deals and more investors. You're managing a property management company or filing taxes at the end of the year. You're you know, negotiating with banks, like you're running a business. This is not passive. This is an active activity that we're doing here as active real estate investors. Um, and if you're not doing those things, then you should be right. And that's a whole nother podcast. But anyways, so I think that we forget that we're running a business and what really makes a business feel like a business is when you have somebody else in your business, when you have someone that's punching a clock every day, uh, rowing your boat alongside you and helping you achieve your goals and helping you arrive at your end destination. And there's something that just feels so much different about what you're doing on a day to day when you have somebody else in there, you know, in the business that you have to delegate to, that you have to manage, and that you actually have to be a good boss too, right? Um, and this is so simplified, I, I guess, but it was really, really huge for me. Um, I'm someone that never came from corporate America. I never really had a corporate job, so I've never managed anyone. I've never been managed myself. Um, you know, I was, I've been anti-partnership for as long as I can remember really up until the last couple of years where I've, that pendulum has swung and we've started doing loads of partnership deals and we started doing a lot of JVs with other investors. Um, and that's been great for our business, but for the longest time, I didn't want to partner with anyone on deals. I didn't want to partner with, on, you know, with anybody in my core business. Um, I was always hesitant to ask for help, hesitant to bring anybody else in. So for me, hiring someone was a huge step. And the first hire I made was just a virtual assistant to help with our acquisitions, right? To help run data lists, to help email owners, um, you know, to help do some, some high level underwriting, both on deals and, and for markets and getting back my time was obviously great. And that obviously had a material impact on the output that the business was producing that I could produce. But what was really big was that it gave, you know, basically just provided an incredible sense of accountability. Um, and unless, you know, unless you're someone who's just like totally detached, lazy, I, you know, I don't even, I guess those are aggressive words. I shouldn't use those words, but, um, but somebody that's, uh, just is wired a little bit differently. I'll say it that way. You're going to feel such uh, an increased sense of accountability and investment to your business, to the, you know, what you're trying to pursue and, and the goals you have when you have somebody else that's dependent on you to manage them effectively. Um, and there's a sense of responsibility that comes with being a good manager, being a good leader, even if it's just one person who's working remotely in your business, right? When it's, when it's more than just you, there is such an increased sense of accountability and seriousness around what you're doing. And, um, you know, all the mastermind groups out there, right? Uh, I shouldn't say all, but so many of the mastermind groups out there have some kind of accountability, uh, you know, program, right? There's accountability coaching. You're going to be paired up with an accountability partner, um, and accountability is scientifically proven to be one of the most important things that someone can do to reach a goal, right? If you and your buddy have a, have a time on the calendar to go to the gym every day and you just keep flaking, you're probably going to start to feel bad after a while, right? We all intuitively understand the importance of accountability. Um, and one of the easiest ways to manufacture that, obviously outside of joining a mastermind where that's a component of it, is bringing somebody into your business that forces you to be accountable to both them and your business, like there's a sense of urgency that comes when you're paying somebody, both in the sense that, okay, I need to make sure that I'm delegating and managing, you know, delegating to them effectively, managing them effectively. It forces you to more, uh, uh, 
you know, uh, diligently manage your own time because now you have a different lens at which you spend your time on and what you're actually focusing on from a time standpoint. Um, there's also the added, you know, kind of feeling of strain from a financial standpoint. Um, you know, strain might be a, a, an over the top word to use there, but just the fact that you have money going out the door that is being invested in an individual means that you're going to work harder to produce so that you can afford to hire that person and so that you can justify having that person in your business. You know, these are a lot of things that are harder to quantify that are more kind of like mindset stuff um, or just, you know, byproducts of making this decision, but they are massive in their ramifications. So, you know, if you're an investor that's pulling in four or five grand in free cash flow, you, you know, 25 doors, something like that, um, you can afford to spend you know, 500 to a thousand bucks a month on an individual, assuming your goal is to continue growing your business and that you have the work for them and that you're in a place and that you're mentally ready to become that much more accountable to your business and to somebody else. Um, but it's been huge in my business, right? And I, and I think that this is a really careful concept. Uh, and, and I want to make sure that I communicate this well, um, in my business. And I've, and I've seen this with other business owners, when you bring in staff, when you increase your payroll, when you increase your fixed costs, oftentimes you feel a little bit more financial stress and financial pressure, and that forces you to be so much more uh, attentive with your time and forces you to really, really analyze what you're doing in terms of, I have to work on the higher priority work right now. I have to work on those high dollar per hour tasks. I have to drive revenue. I have to be the one that's actually moving the needle in the business. Because you're financially obligated to people. Um, and whether that's, you know, some kind of W-2 salaried employee, if you're farther along the road than what I'm talking about, or just a virtual assistant, if you want to start out, you know, on a more table stakes version of this, uh, it's helpful. It's important. It helps you to continue to invest in your business and force you to continue growing it rather than becoming complacent. So do this with care. Don't just hire someone if you're not like truly ready for it. Obviously apply some, you know, uh, critical things into what I'm saying here. But if you feel like you're on the verge of uh, affording somebody or you might need some help, but you're not quite sure, you're not really sure how to think about making a decision like this, you know, I hope this context and I hope that this information helps you make this decision. Um, and I highly encourage you, if you are a solopreneur or just a solo real estate investor that's had some success growing a portfolio, but you want to get more intentional about growing the business and you want to do more deals. You want to actually grow a business, right? Versus just, I want to go buy, you know, one property each year for the next 10 years and call it quits. Like that's probably not going to be, uh, the type of real estate investor that would benefit from hiring someone because you're just not going to have enough work for them to do, even if they are part-time. But if you are someone who's really looking to grow, right, you're really looking to blow your thing up, uh, consider hiring someone, consider, consider making this decision because of the financial ramifications of it, but also just, what it forces you to become as a business owner, right? Um, and the accountability, the pressure puts on you to perform. Um, you know, if that's you, then just hire someone. Just make this decision, make the leap, um, because it's going to it's going to help you. I I ensure you, right? Both from a you know just outsourcing some of the work that you have on your plate, but also to a, you know, force you to approach your business in a much more um, you know cohesive manner in a much more uh, I should say critical way. So anyways, hope this was valuable. Um, if you thought this episode uh, helps you out or is going to help somebody else out, uh, feel free to share it with someone in your network, trying to get this show in front of more folks. And uh, that's the way we do it. Um, and if you haven't already, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review for the podcast. Um, again, that also helps the show get in front of more eyeballs. But uh, 
Hope this was a valuable episode for you, and I will catch you guys on the next one.